Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. This is probably going to be my personal favorite podcast of the year. I know we're only in February, ladies and gentlemen, so it's not a big hurdle to come across, but this one might hold the test of time. I have with me today a guest who I met through a previous guest who he and I have spent a grand total of four minutes talking to each other. And immediately I know that we're going to, we're going to spit out fire. So I think without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you a, a coach. I'll let him explain to you what kind of coach he is, but Patrick Cook, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Mental Mastery Alliance. So happy to have you. Adam, thank you so much for having me. Wow, that was a big intro, dude. I hope I live up to the hype. Oh, I think you will. I think you will. <laughs> so the connection that you and I had was um, a friend of ours, a mutual friend had put us together after I had mentioned, uh, arbitrarily mentioned going sober. Um, and she said, you got to talk to, you got to talk to my buddy, Patrick. He's, you know, he's, he's on the up and up. He's doing this, he's doing that, all, the, all these fancy things. So you and I batted yeah. it back and forth. We finally got together and you are a, addiction or a recovery coach where do you where do you how do you label yourself in this scenario you know it's kind of an evolving sort of title and that i haven't really zeroed in on yet um and it's better explained just with my trajectory um you know like alcohol was a major part of my life for 30 years and you know only over the last couple of years have i moved towards coaching and during that time, I explored deeply on you know what is my skill set, what is the value I bring to the world, and how can I serve you know most valuably. And I just kept coming back to alcohol as like, wow, I've there's something that I've conquered in my own life that was a massive part of it for 30 years, and it just now I I want to help people become their best version self, and they can't do it if they're drunk. That's basically what it comes down to. And so I, I, help, I support people in overcoming alcohol dependency and then, you know, facilitating a personal transformation. Is a rock solid answer. Um, <laughs> I, I, know that, I know that A, for my journey with alcohol and B, uh, for my journey as a coach, I, I, hate, I hate the title guru. Yes. I, I hate the title life coach. So do I. I hate I'm, it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not part of, I'm not your guru. I'm not your life coach. I'm, yeah. I have some answers. And, yes. And, and, and the dollar amount, like in life, you pay with time or you pay with money and that right. regardless of anything. So, I mean, when it comes down to coaching, it's like, I'm able to help certain people. There is a cost. And right. that, that is, you know, that's about as far as I've gotten with. This. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I provide a service, but yeah. yeah so, so, a little bit of background on this, like my battle with alcohol, I don't think I have, I haven't hit the clarity mark sort of with you in, in, in that sense yet where I, right. every single person that I've talked to about, about uh, quitting drinking or, or just give it, just trying it, just give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found that it, 
it doesn't work. You know, you can't, you can't just be like, Hey man, maybe you shouldn't consume poison. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you, no matter how you broach the subject, no matter how you come across it, I've always found that it comes across as condescending. Yes. So, so your market is limited to people that are already aware. Yeah, exactly. And it's a very fine line in the spectrum. They have to be aware and they have to have a sense of urgency that it's a problem and they want to do something about it. So it, it is a niche market. I could, I could stretch that and say that they don't need to know it's a problem. I mean, when I quit. True. Um, so my journey, <clears throat> my journey into quitting, um, and, and I want to hear yours as well. But, uh, mm. but my, my journey into quitting was uh, one day I decided, uh, you know, after a long line of uh, partying, that it was time to uh, just do like a 30-day detox, just a cleanse, yeah. just give my body a break for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell am I to keep doing this to myself? Gosh darn. <laughs> anyway, so 30 days. In my mind, it was 30 days. So in my mind, I knew sort of where I was, what I was doing, how I was going to approach the subject, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I read some articles over the past, you know, like I think one of the funniest things uh, that I ever read uh, was the headline, nobody ever quit drinking and then like, and, and stated that their life had gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that one caught my attention because not one single person has been like, wow, you know, uh, I quit drinking three years ago. My life has been nothing but hell ever since. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a funny, I think it's a funny aspect. Um, it is. When I did, so I did 30 days sober and a friend of mine said, I can't believe you did 30 days. And it's funny because if anyone's listening to this right now that knew me in the previous years, like I'm, I'm looking at, at ingredients on bottles of water. I won't drink fluoride as well. Right. So, you know, I'm looking, I'm now I'm sitting here like looking at a bottle of water going, Hmm, can I drink this? Right. And like, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you're like, you never looked at the ingredients on the drug bags or the, this or the, that, you know? <laughs> whatever yeah. you were consuming with alcohol, you know, just yeah. pour it in. Yeah. And, uh, and the crazier, the better. Right. So yeah. listen to this, that, that doesn't know my, my, my current journey. Like it's, it's a funny thing to say, you know, and, and you don't get there overnight. So for me, it was, uh, my friend said, I want to do it too. So I said, you know what, I'll do it with you. And to everyone listening, my personal journey had me go 60 days without drinking. And I had no cool. intention on quitting drinking. I just went 60 days without drinking. And at the 60 day mark, my brain was like, wait, why would you ever go back? You know, what, yeah. what's the point? And then, you know, again, coupled with my knowledge of quote unquote, the matrix. And when you look at the math behind it, your entire life, you've been told to, to consume mm. alcohol, you've been tricked, you've been manipulated, you know, must be legal drinking age. You've been brainwashed. Mm. Drinking Absolutely. Your whole life to the point where it's the one thing, like if you say, oh, you know, I gave up this or I quit that or I don't smoke cigarettes anymore or I gave up weed, they're all like, oh, that's great. That's great. And they're like, and then, but you're like, oh, I quit drinking too. Oh, you must have had a problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. What, what's up with that? It's so, got its own special stigma. It does. It really does. <laughs> and it was hard for me to tell people that I wasn't drinking at the beginning. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm not drinking because even that stigma was in my mind. Like, do I have yeah. a problem? And I'm like, I don't have a problem. And I never really assumed I had a problem. It's only until you've like pulled yourself completely out of it and you and, mm. and you're out of it and there's not even a trace of alcohol in your system and you look back and you're like holy fucking hell did I have a problem. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sure did. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you go from being crazy party guy in Toronto to um, healthy healthy sober coach guru living the the <laughs> living the land dream in Costa Rica? Well, yeah. So basically living in Toronto, I had 
a successful life if you you know use western metrics of what success is exactly. uh like I, I had a wife i had two children i had a house in a nice neighborhood i had a career writing jingles for advertising that was making me a ton of money i was able to be creative i was living at uh, working from home as a freelancer so i could be with my kids like perfect everything was amazing yeah. but there was something missing and i didn't i couldn't put my finger on what it was there was like this background anxious sort of noise like ah this isn't right you know and i couldn't figure out what it was and so i kind of went down the dark deep rabbit hole of conspiracy theory like after 9-11 i started investigating that so that kind of triggered me and so i went i went deep into okay geopolitics like who's really running the world and the, the deeper down that hole i went the more depressed and dark i got the more i drank it's just like i i was like there is we have the war is over and we've lost. That's basically what I came down to. It's like, holy shit. And, and we're fucked. We're slaves. We're economic slaves. And so the, I was so deep in that hole, and I was, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And so when I first came to Costa Rica in 2012, it just, I just saw, saw the light. I'm like, oh my God, here's a place where I could connect with nature. I can be by the ocean. I can be away from the matrix and sort of just like reset myself a little bit. And so it was an instant decision. My wife was on board immediately. We moved within three months. And that sort of in earnest started my personal transformation journey. And during this time, alcohol was still a major part of my life. You know, that, that wasn't the main focus at this time. It was more, okay, let's figure out what the hell I'm doing, you know, and how I can do it better. And so I started, you know, just investigating myself, meditating more, going, doing plant medicine, going to retreats. And the more I went down the path of my own personal transformation, the more abundantly clear it became that alcohol was no longer serving me. Mm -hmm. But even with that awareness, I still went years drinking because there was so much momentum behind it, so much unconscious desire and addiction. Yeah. You know, like every single one of my friends was a drinker. My family, I'm Irish. My entire family were drinkers, you know. Mm -hmm. It was so in, imbued in my essence, in my identity, like in, intertwined with my identity. I didn't see any way to escape it. And so like you, I started with a week and then, I, and then I went to 30 days and then I went to 90 days and like, okay, I can do this for 90 days. It's uncomfortable. And I sort of started to get bored and, you know, listless. But then I realized, okay, if I'm not doing the work to uncover why I'm drinking in the first place, I'm just going to keep going back to it. And everybody almost can, with their willpower, stop for a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, and for you, it was 30 days. But I think you were the exception, Adam, in the sense that you had a deep sense of self-awareness already, where you could look at it and say, wait a minute, this is not serving me, you know, I'm financially, emotionally, physically, all of these reasons. But I think, like I said, you are the exception. Most people don't have that sense of awareness. And so once the willpower starts to erode after 30, 60, 90 days, and they start to feel bored, they're like, oh, I'm just going to start drinking again. And so they go right back to their old habits and it never sticks. So for me, I, I came to the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to do one year. And in that year, I'm going to totally change my life around by doing the deep, dark work of personal transformation. And with it, during that time, my personal life was falling apart as well. My marriage fell apart. My career was in the toilet. Like, so I basically took everything and tore it down to the foundations, my personality, my identity, you know, all of it. And alcohol had to go with it. And that was some of the darkest, most painful days of my entire life. But it's what needed to happen. It was a rebirth. And you're not, so you're, you should know that you're not alone in that. Um, 
after I quit drinking too, uh, I don't know if it was, you know, the, the lifetime of, of self-medicating with recreational drugs and Percocet yeah. and alcohol and cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, when you smoke cigarettes, you cut off the oxygen. The first thing that comes, the first thing you notice when you quit smoking is that you, your blood starts getting more oxygen and mm. you, your nerves regrow. Mm. My life, everything that I had thought, because it, your, our stories are so similar. Like I had everything yeah. that society told me to have and I was yeah, exactly. miserable. Yeah, and then when I quit all that stuff, I, like my uh, sciatica really flared up. Okay, to the point, to the point where I was put in bed for uh, a, like a whole year, essentially. Wow, um, wow, and, and no sleep, no nothing, because every the wrong turn at any given moment, you know, you'd have a couple reprieves, but the wrong mm. turn at any given moment was like a Rambo blade shoved, shoved into your head <laughs> and, and just destroying you. Right. So yeah, it's funny that you talk about that, like, and 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 how once the alcohol was gone, like I associate the the pain and rebirth to like the ultimate shakeup in the ethos of the energies of uh, the universe in which we currently reside that totally this was this was them restarting or me restarting myself or them restarting me or whatever it is yes to to clear it all out like it was yeah. hell it was hell oh it's it's hell you have to face your own demons you have to yeah. go into the dark corners of your soul and be okay with what you find there that's yeah. what it is and most people don't have the courage to do that cuz it's freaking painful it hurts it's uncomfortable it's funny too when you say it like that as, as you and i are having this conversation i don't mean to cut you off but yeah I, as you and i are having this conversation i think to myself the easiest way out of that hell that i was living through was alcohol drink yeah exactly because I, it numbs you out and i didn't it's like if i just had a drink this would go away for for an hour yeah exactly and that's why most people relapse wow yeah i fought that one <laughs> congratulations brother it's amazing yeah, man sure. and, yeah and with regards to you did you did you repair with the wife or do you have a new wife or what's what's your story with that so yeah i'll just give you the short version on that we love each other deeply and when we are here in costa rica you know we recognize because i was doing this deep personal spiritual path and she was on her own path that wasn't really you know as congruent so we were drifting away in some respects and so we decided to perhaps naively open our marriage which meant, you know, we, we had agreed without, you know, doing too much thinking about it that we're going to entertain random physical encounters. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of exciting for both of us. We talked it through, you know, and she um, found a guy that she'd actually known from high school and she wanted to sleep with. And so I summoned the courage despite all the, you know, uh, my ego flaring up to, to send her off for a dalliance with this new guy. And that was possibly one of the most difficult nights of my entire life. Um, but so afterwards, she, she wanted to continue seeing him. So it quickly de developed into a love relationship, and I was not emotionally prepared for that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And this is all the stuff I'd learned in hindsight. At the time, I was just out in the weeds, like a boy, you know, a boy child. Yeah. But basically, I had realized I had attached, tethered all of my security, all my need for safety, all my need for love, for validation, all of that shit onto my wife. Yeah. And so when that tether was cut, you know, in my mind, when she attached it to the other guy or it started giving it to the other guy, I was like, I didn't know who I was. I was this child flailing around in the air like a, you know, a paper bag in the wind. And, that, and at that point, I realized, oh, my God, I have some deep work to do, but it scared the shit out of me. So the solution at the time, oh, let's just find Patrick, your girlfriend, and everything will even out, which is what happened. I fell in love with somebody else. She was in love with this guy. And that went on as a sort of polyamorous situation for about two years of a roller coaster of massive highs and massive lows. Can I, can we touch <laughs> on something quickly on that? For sure. For sure. How, 
somebody who is as awake as you are now, mm. looking back to then, mm. what do you think was going through your mind? Because this is the number one problem with coupling in society today. Mm. People find their match for where they are emotionally at the moment they're looking. Mm. Interesting. Yes. And then yes. when you grow past that and the other person doesn't, all hell breaks loose and then yep. the ego battles the ego and deception yeah. and blah 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 and everyone lives in pain because they want to make it work yeah well well articulated i don't myself i have not looked for a long-term partner because mm. I, I think in my journey i've been aware that i will be changing every week yes you know how i feel <laughs> right <laughs> totally and if i could find somebody who who was able to grow with me and 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 offer contribution as opposed to take because there's some yes. people in my life that are like okay you're doing this this and this tell me all about that explain this all to me tell me how yes. did you get here how did you get there so yes. not only do i have to step forward i have to drag them with me right um, yeah you know, and, and <laughs> you know not to sound rude i don't want to yeah. do that i don't yeah no fair I, enough i don't I, I want to be completely tetherless and free yeah but now as and i know that i think that you would probably say the same thing of, of yourself right now my question to you is back then, can you put a sort of like a, a position on what it was like to, 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 to basically unhook from one and hook on to another? Mm. Well, again, at the time I had zero awareness about it. I, all I knew I was scared and lonely and I wanted, it was like alcohol. I wanted relief. And so another I, yeah, okay. I, another addiction. Exactly. So I tethered onto this other woman. And now in retrospect, it's like, okay, what was lacking was self-love. I didn't love myself. I didn't trust myself. I didn't know how to be alone. And so when this situation came to a head, I was like, I, I had enough awareness at the time. It's like, okay, this is no longer serving me. I have some deep, dark work to do, and I need to be alone to do it. And I need to be alcohol-free to do it. And so I made the most difficult decision of my entire life. I let my wife go. I let my girlfriend go. And I let alcohol go all at the same time. And there I was sitting in my own shit where you need to sit in order to get through it. And, and it was not fun. I can tell you for a long time, it was not fun. But at the same time, I knew I was making progress and I knew it was the right path. And so to all the listeners, you know, thinking of making a change in their life, you will need to go through discomfort, but I guarantee you what's on the other side is far more rewarding than staying where you are. It's where the magic is. I 100% second that because I too gave up everything all in one shot. Uh, and it's, the it's the leap of faith. Yeah, it, it, 100%. It, it was the leap of faith. I jumped, I jumped out of everything I'd ever believed. Yeah. And had no fucking clue where I was going to land. And that's what it requires. You know, you got to leap into the unknown, trusting that you are going to be supported. I was, having this, I was having this conversation. And, and, and what, you're right. Trusting that you're going to be supported. People are like, well, what does that even mean? Right? Because yeah. Our whole <laughs> lives were taught codependency. We are yeah, taught codependency. Totally. Totally. And it's, it's, that ain't the case. And the funny thing no. is, it's, it's like when you talk about the matrix and systems and the governments and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Codependency is, is bred to you for a specific reason. And it comes down to everything you see on television, everything you hear on the radio, it's all codependent. Mm. You know, stick with your mm. parents, borrow money, yeah. we'll lend you money for school, codependent yeah. on that. You know, yeah. you, you hear about, you hear about uh, the pension, I think it's a pension, pension plan in Canada, like, oh, we're going to run out yeah. of money. There's too many pensioners, yeah. we're going to run out of money. Yeah. Never once do you hear them say, we're going to run out of welfare money. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. The government wants you on their welfare system. The government wants yeah. you. The government wants you to be codependent to their. Yeah. Cheat. It's a system of control. Yes. So yeah. codependency, which people are like, I'm not codependent. Oh, really? You know? <laughs> Try having a very proud moment and just keeping it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good litmus test. Exactly. You'll see how codependent <laughs> you are after you've done something great and not told anybody about it. <laughs> Beautiful. I like that. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a battle. But the, the great it is a battle. Is every single battle that we fight, every single avenue that we go down i believe is it's the reason we're here it's the reason we're experiencing this life it's it's yeah. to grow and to become and to and to to outshine the rooting system in which we were plotted absolutely great so, well said beautiful yeah. I, I awesome it, it's great to hear uh your you know your take on this because i've not i personally have not really spoken to too many uh sobriety coaches i've not spoken mm. to, any, to be honest with you and i like the term <laughs> sobriety coach because like you said you know i don't how do you label yourself it's this is like it, sure it's a sobriety thing but it legitimately yeah. has nothing to do with sobriety and everything to do with all the stuff you're missing exactly <laughs> exactly sobriety is just the it's the prerequisite to it's the entry point really yeah. you know it's funny that we have to in life we have to learn to not consume poison Right, but it, it, like you said, it, it's spoon-fed to us since our earliest memories. Our, our parents are drinking, you know. It's like, and then they say, "Oh no, it's an adult drink, with, and it's dangerous." Which just it just adds to the allure of it. So what 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 do you what do you think kids want to do as soon as they can get their hands on alcohol? They want to try it, yep. and then they then they taste it that it's poison. And they want to spit it out, but they don't want to spit it out because they don't want to be judged. They want to fit in. They want to be cool, you know. And so all these cultural factors start to play in. And you're creating a, a, a society of addicts, basically, who are willingly consuming poison. Yes, intentionally. And I'm not, you know, one, it's, I'm not one to advocate marijuana, but why mm. on earth would marijuana be illegal? Marijuana well, comes it, out of the ground and yeah. you, you can pluck it and smoke it. Unregulated, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a number of reasons, but it, the biggest one was the hemp production impacting big oil. That's initially why the first laws about marijuana were instituted. Yes, yeah. You know, but laws, and there's another funny thing. Like people think that law is right. People think right yeah. and wrong is legal and illegal. It's not. Right. No, it's not. No. It's whatever's convenient for the power holders. Yeah. And the power holders <laughs> like, you need us. Give us your money. You need us. I don't fucking need you. I don't, this is bullshit. I can build my own damn roads. I can contract somebody to fix my fucking roads. I don't need you. Right? And the funny thing too awesome. is when you, when you think about that, you think about anarchy, right? Everything. Yeah. Whenever somebody hears the word anarchy, they think cars on upside down and on fire. Yeah. All anarchy, all anarchy means is without government. Yet the right. government propaganda machine is like, no, it's total yeah. chaos. Fuck yeah. You. No, you need us. Yeah. Yeah. So this, these are all the things that, you know, these are all the things, you know, again, sure, we're down a conspiracy uh, hole, but are we? Yeah. I mean, this, it, there comes a point it, in time where conspiracy is, is reality, you know? It's all interrelated, in my opinion. You know, you can't, you can't talk about one thing without the other. And, and in fact, like just having an understanding of the worldview as it is, is important, yes. you know, because there's so much disinformation. There's so much propaganda. You know, okay, if you, if, for me now, I have a macro vision of, okay, how do I change the world? Obviously, you start with yourself. That's what I'm doing in earnest every day. But I'm changing all, myself. That's all. That's it. It ends there. Yeah. Well, and, and then <laughs> your responsibility becomes to aid other people in their awakening by supporting them, which is um, exactly why I'm being a coach. Yes and no. So, 
uh, here's why I disagree with that because I'm also a coach and I also do, you know, similar things to what you're doing. Mm. Um, but I am doing it again to change my world. Right. See, because as much as I do or might change their world, it's the knowledge that I have of the action that I've taken that makes my world just that much better. If I never see mm. any of my students ever again, I know mm. what I've done. So I've impacted my world. So how do you change the entire world? You change your world. You change, you live with integrity. You take nothing personally. You change how you act, how you speak, how you, how you, what you deliver, mm. you all of that. And you allow them to go out and change their world. But the Absolutely. world as a whole is your perception. Right. Yeah, True. But okay, I agree with that. But if you look at it from this perspective as man, and this is basically what the fall of man is in the Garden of Eden, man has become disconnected from nature. Man has cut, risen above nature and is trying to control nature, and which has manifest in our ego-driven capitalist society where we're, we're constantly you know, extracting resources and creating trash and ruining the environment. This is an unsustainable system, obviously. I think most people would agree with that. But what, what is the next thing? It's, it's not fighting the system where we're at. It's creating a new paradigm. Okay, well, how do you do that? The f most fundamental thing to understand is that we are all interconnected. We are part of one organism. We are not separate from each other. We are not separate from the earth. If the sun, the moon, and the plants and the animals disappear, we're dead. We can't live without all those things. And so a fundamental understanding that we are all interdependent is, is necessary in order to usher in the next paradigm. So therefore, the definition of success for an individual is irrelevant. The only definition of success is the, definition, is the success of everything or everyone. And so that's why, okay, we need to learn how to work together in cooperation, in community, and not in competition, in scarcity, and division, which is what the current system breeds. And so how do we do that? You, first, you take care of yourself. So your trauma is at a point where you're not getting triggered when you're in group situations where we need cooperation, we need collective consciousness, and one person has, gets triggered and shits the bed, then the whole house of cards falls down. So <laughs> on, an, on an individual level, you need to take care of your own trauma, take care of your own shit. So when you do show up in collective situations where we need to be in order to solve the world's problems, you're not the one dragging everybody else down. Right? And so that's why, as a collective, we need to start working together and away from the system of codependency we were just talking about into, you know, into starting with small communities, which is what my reset program is. It's a small community of intentional people all focused on the same thing, which is personal growth without alcohol, and then creating a, a, a community from the inside out. You start with a small group, you start with family, and then all of a sudden you have a society, all of a sudden you have a massive community that is all intentionally changing from the inside out, ushering in a new paradigm. So there, there's both of the arguments, I think, at play in, in that model. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm listening to you, and, and I, I'm completely agreeing with you. Mm. If you can... If you can, if you can I laugh because you're like, you know, take care of your own shit because how many times have you been out in public or whatever and you see, or, or not even out in public, you're just on social media and you see some asshole chirp about some yeah. dumb shit or like yeah. or they keep bringing up this pain. They keep bringing yeah. up this pain body. Like you, what you meant to say was this, that, and the other thing. And they're like, I'm living yeah. in hell and you did this and I did that. And that yeah, and that. yeah. 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 And they just live in this negativity. I'm like, that has to hurt. And I remember, <laughs> I remember years ago being the sarcastic prick on social media. 
You know? Yeah, totally. And I thought, I used to think it was funny. I used to think, you know, I'm, I'm being funny. And yeah. I look at it now and I'm like, whenever I see that guy, especially on, you know, I mean, my whole program, the Mental Mastery Alliance on, on, on Instagram, mm. I disabled comments because those mm. assholes were constantly around and they would, yes. you know, there was just all these comments. So now it's, it's set. Like if you, if you want to connect with me, if you want to talk to me, uh, you know, there's, there's funnels, come down, shoot us an email, connect with us. Don't just don't run your mouth. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then people will say, well, who's, what's it up to you? Like let people do whatever they want to do. And I had a conversation with another individual who's running a massive uh, uh, Instagram account, a few of them actually. And, and he said, you know, the people that chirp up are symbiotic with how your energy is, what your energy was, what you put out mm. and, how, and, and how it's coming back to you. Yes. Interesting. So there are a few accounts. Now I'm in charge of a few, a few accounts. I'm running a few of them and I'm having a good time. And, and my team is taking care of some great stuff. And for the past, however many years, the, uh, you know, it's been nothing but positivity because there's mm. been nothing but positivity inside me. I no longer have any angst inside me. That's creating that darkness or that's totally that, that thing, like the, uh, all the stuff that makes you drink, that makes you smoke, yeah. that makes you do yeah. recreational drugs, that makes you a cohort with degenerate type people. <laughs> um, so, uh, let, let me ask you, Adam, how did you move past all that darkness? Because I had to. Yeah, okay, that, well, that's the impulse, but what specifically did you do? What do you mean? Well, what techniques did you use? Like, you know, how did you cultivate your awareness? How did you move past addiction? Like this... If people, if people don't understand what they're dealing with, can't deal with it. Yeah. Okay. So how did I move yeah. past addiction? Well, I don't believe addiction is real. Okay. So uh, in my mind, how I moved past it was I, I, because I'd been a conspiracy theorist for so long, because I hated the mm. stories that they told me because I thought a lot of it was bullshit. Yeah. I started tapping into certain things. Um, I started tapping into why I do what I do, why I act the way I act. Mm-hmm. I started tapping into sort of, how I've been manipulated, even though I think I'm a free thinker. And even though I think that I'm so unique and so genuine and so this and so that I, I'd also been a coach for a long time, started off as a sales coach. So okay. back in the day I was a sales coach. And when you watch things like Wolf of wall street and you see them just railing Coke and going nuts and, and selling massive amounts of product. Yeah. That's the life. That's true. You're not yeah. the number one salesman unless you're drunk and on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that's, that's a fact. And that was yeah. one of my darkest secrets. I was an advocate for that illicit drug. Mm. Loved it. Lived mm. it. You know, yeah. it was, it was I, without it. I wasn't, I did not feel normal if I didn't have it with me. And that wasn't like I needed to get high. It was like, you wake up in the morning, cup of coffee, couple, couple rails and on with your day. Wow. Right. So yeah, like, like there's all these things that sort of got to me. And then when I switched from sales coaching to life coaching, to business coaching, to life coaching, to business coaching, then more into business, then more into awakening. Mm. I needed to, I, my life, I, like with that whole chunk there, that was me jumping like five years of my life. Yeah. I needed to parlay that out. There came a point inside my essence where I could not, I could not, I could no longer speak something I wasn't living. Mm. So exactly. I, I was saying all the right things towards the end of the, uh, towards the end of it before I quit. I was saying all yeah. the right things, um, but I wasn't doing the right things. Yeah. And I was getting very f- fed up and frustrated. I was getting very, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, basically. Oh yes, I love that line. 
Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was, I was exhausted. I was like, yeah. you know, without the drugs and the drugs aren't cheap. So yeah. without the drugs and without the alcohol and without the camaraderie of douchebags, yeah. <laughs> no offense to anybody that I used to hang out with that's listening to this right now. If I still hang out with you, I love you. If I don't, well, now you know why. Anyway, so, um, and they say, you know, your haters are your biggest fans, right? So, I mean, I'm sure some of them are listening right now. And again, I apologize that you had to find out this way, but there it is. I love it. I love it. So for me, it's like, I've let go of, of all my old habits. I've let go of all my old tendencies. I let go of all that. Now you asked how I did it. Mm. It was a gradual realization. Yeah. And then it was sheer stubbornness. Mm. Uh, so when I had gone the 60 days, that's when like the first 30 days was no problem. It was, it was mm. a breeze. I, you know, how many times in your life have you gotten so busy that you just haven't had a drink in a month? That mm. happens, Right. So the first 30 days was nothing to me. It started paying attention when my, and nothing happens by accident. When my friend said, I want to do it too. So he forced mm. me, didn't force me, but he made my mind go 60 days. Right. So 60 days became a thing. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm 60 days in. And after 60 days, there is no more vapor there's no more alcohol in your system clouding your judgment mm. and you start seeing things differently you start yes, connecting you differently you start seeing the world differently you start seeing the world for what it truly truly is mm. and it's not your perception it's not your deception it's like the alcohol itself after 60 days of no alcohol in your system there is a massive clarity out mm -hmm. there. And that led to like cigarettes, for example, I smoked, I was a pack a day smoker for 20 years and I just quit like that. Wow. And that was, it was because it, it's no longer served its purpose. Mm. Right. I tried to quit before I'd thought about quitting. I'd gone back and forth. And then I started looking into addiction. Right. And the only reason people think that they're addicted is because they're told that they're addicted. Mm. If we lived in a world where somebody told you that Yoda was Jesus, <laughs> every, everybody backed it up. Just like when we were kids, we all believed that yeah. Santa was real. Right. Right. It would take a few generations. It would take a few generations. If you and I spread the rumor now that baby yeah. Yoda was, was Jesus, yeah. <laughs> it'd be a couple of generations down the line where that yeah. lie would be, would be, would be true. And they'd be building, building cathedrals to Yoda. Exactly. To Yoda. <laughs> for Christ's sake. And they've got documentation of what Yoda was. Right? <laughs> do or do not. But uh -huh. with the cigarettes, you think you're addicted. You know how the funniest thing in the world is every single person that smokes right now, if you're smoking a cigarette, listen to this right now, you lit that cigarette and you probably said to yourself, I wish I never started. <laughs> but the reality is every single time you light a cigarette is you starting again. You can make that choice. And if you say, I can't make that choice, I'm addicted. That's because you believe the story that you were told. Mm. If somebody told you addiction's bullshit and you're just a weak individual, <laughs> I <stopped laughs> you're well just done. a weak one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then you sort of you sort of grasp it, and since I had yeah. nobody to prove anything to, and I removed myself from the collective we, mm. I said, uh, "Why the fuck am I smoking? Why am I yeah. smoking? What am I smoking for? What is? Am I getting enjoyment out of this? What?" And then all the cliches, you know, like I watched my dad die of cancer. That didn't stop yeah. me from smoking. I wasn't I wasn't in tune with it. I wasn't ready to go. Mm. But cigarettes were huge, and when mm. cigarettes were done, I gave up. At the end of the day, when everything's all said and done, I gave up alcohol, cigarettes, pork, fast women, uh, and illicit <laughs> drugs. Wow. That's a and spectrum. That, and that was the shot. That was everything that went out. I also gave, actually, to be, on, to be brutally honest, I gave up, with regards to seafood, I took on the Leviticus diet at the same time. 
Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. And the Leviticus diet, you don't need to be religious, but the right. Leviticus diet, if you look at the Leviticus diet, don't eat things that eat their own shit, basically. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, so that was it. I took on the Leviticus diet. And, mm. and then I lived, I lived about a year of absolute hell mm. uh, from the pain. And I'm not saying everybody's going to find the pain, but certainly I found physical pain and face to face with my demons. What am I all about? Mm-hmm. Everything I'd ever done when I was drunk, everything I'd ever yeah. done that, that, that disagreed every lot, not every lie, but you know, all the lies I told all the manipulations, all the bullshit, all the shit that you were lying to yourself about that mm. comes right to the forefront when you're, when you go through this. Yeah. And it's literally the reason we're here. It, I don't consider myself, I'm 39 years old now. This all took place about four years ago. And I don't consider myself, uh, sorry, the, the shift took place about four years ago. The awakening took place in about 2012. Right. So I think a lot of us actually woke up in 2012. There's, there's got to be something to it because 2012 is, <laughs> is, is the year that a lot of us really caught on to shit. Yeah. Even though, well, like you said, 9-11 woke you up to a certain thing. Like I looked at 9-11, yeah. I remember that. I remember looking back going, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) it was 2012 that really really captivated that that that's the year i moved to costa rica that was the beginning of my awakening and the more you look into it the more you talk to people like this the more you'll see that 2012 was theirs yeah it's the ushering in of a new era so the mayan calendar had some truth to it man this is this is the new experience this is the new paradigm it has to be there's no other way the other the only other solution or the end result is self-termination annihilation of the species and the planet it's the only other way this can go so um, what are we doing about it well are you, are you familiar with global resets global resets uh no i'm not uh okay so earth has gone through seven global resets okay so yeah well th- exactly so go ahead go ahead you the finish. global resets being like uh, civilizations before us would be the tartarians they're the ones that built um, if you look at, um, they call it Gothic, uh, any of the Gothic cathedrals or like, mm. like, um, you can look at any power plants. So any old school power plants, like the red mm. buildings downtown in any town, mm. the, the usually city hall or whatever, they're usually a red building. They're mm. Tartarian buildings all over the world. Uh, Buckingham palace is one of them. Right. Uh, uh, Parliament Hill in Ottawa is one of them. Um, so all mm. of these, all of these Tartarian esque styles buildings, they all came from the the previous civilization. The same people that built uh, the World's Fair. If you can remember the World's Fair, uh, the buildings that were involved, and you can look up Chicago's World's Fair and all that sort of stuff. You can see the actual buildings. And then Chicago caught fire because they had to get rid of them all, and they were doing mm. a global reset. So that was one. Tartarians was one. Um, whoever built the pyramids was another one. Mm. Um, and the prior to that was the giant, the, the people that walked the earth with the giant trees. Mm. So if you've ever seen devil's peak, they're giant tree stumps. They're actually tree stumps. <laughs> okay. It's uh, these are other global resets stuff that obviously they don't teach us stuff that right. have, you know, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, maybe I'm Looney Tunes. Um, but they're, they're, they're calling for another global reset or oh, the, the crater out in, where is it? Arizona looks like they mm. say the meteor hit, right? Right. They're talking about that being where the waters from, from when they opened the, uh, the, the dome, the, where the waters hit. Interesting. And that would be, that was the beginning of the flood. So that was, uh, and they also said waters came from, there was a, a geyser cause waters came from below and above during the flood. Um, if you want to get into Enochian stuff. So the entire book of Enoch was taken out of the Bible, uh, but right. the entire, entire book of Enoch is 
phenomenal when it comes to a history of sort of where we've been, what we've been doing and what we've been seeing. Because all answers are out there if you ask the questions. Uh, but most people don't. They just accept sort of like nobody's hiding anything from us, but they're certainly not showing us where to look. And it's kind right. of done intentionally. So, right. I don't know where I was going with that, but that was global. Reset. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's you awesome. said total annihilation. It. You said uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. annihilation of species. And that's happened. Yeah. Global resets happened six or seven times. I think. Right. So will humanity survive this reset? Um, that's the question. I think some of it will. I and how do, how do we impact the result? I, I, for me, I don't think it's in our lifetime. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's on me to, to do that. I think it's on me to impact my world, my existence, my, my realm, mm. you know, because there's so many other things that go into where we actually live. There's so many other things that you, that, that, that tap into it. Like if we got totally reset and wiped out, well, fuck, there it is. You know, let's start again. And when mm. I say let's, I don't mean you and me. I mean, let's, as in, let's see what happens next. As in yeah. the ethos and the energies will, will carry on regardless yes, of will. whether or not we're here. Absolutely. Um, and the world in which we live in is, is a bit askew because it's been scientifically proven now that inside the atom uh, is quarks, quarks, and quasons. Mm. And, and what that is, those are energy particles that make up the atom. And between the quarks, quarks, and quasons is empty space. Yeah. So if the atom is the building block of all life, and inside is energy and empty space. We're not living in a solid universe. We're living in an energy-based universe. We're living in Ab basically living on a holodeck. So Absolutely. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. So there's, no, yeah. there's nothing solid here. No. You know? it, and it's, that's an interesting realization. That's an interesting step in a direction of, you know, you and I can only deduce. We could talk in circles, but it's only yeah. the information and knowledge that we have. Yeah. That we're, that we're going off, right? And we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. We don't know shit. We don't. We don't. But, no. but like you said, what we do know, we can share. Right. And in and, and doing so, you can, you can connect with people that are on your wavelength or on mm -hmm. your energy frequency. And in doing that, you can grow. So if you're at the nucleus, and every, every single individual is at the nucleus of their entire life. So everything that they've ever seen anywhere is their perception. Mm -hmm. And I use this as like, like a baseball. If you and I went to watch a, a Jays-Mets game, I'm a massive Mets fan, right? And, and, uh -huh. I, and, and you're from Toronto, so you're a Jays uh -huh. fan. Uh -huh. right? So we watch that game, the Jays win. You and I sat side by side, witnessed the exact same thing take place. You're pissed off or you're excited, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Right? So nothing yeah. has changed. Nothing, period. What took place took place. Our perceptions and our personal backstory is what creates our outcome and reaction to what goes on. Totally. So at the end of the day, you're the center of the universe. You are the center mm. of the universe. Mm. So when you change yourself, like you said, and then you invite mm. others to change themselves and you show them and help them and they go on to change other people, you are subsequently changing the world, the exactly. whole world. Yes. Because it's you. It's you raising your frequency and watching others match it exactly raising it's a ripple effect yeah and you need to lead by example what you were saying earlier about you were saying the right things but you weren't embodying them like w when it comes to addiction 100%. you know yeah so you gotta you gotta embody it you gotta walk the walk you have to be the shining example you have to be the change you want to see in the world yes and just like gandhi and michael jackson said
because there was another one speaking of we were on the we were on a yoda and and, yeah. and yoda said do or do not there is no try and i'm like what the yeah. hell is he talking about there's tons of try right <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day there is no try you either have succeeded or you have quit you did or you didn't mm. you know because when yeah. it's done it's done there is no try you're trying you're trying you're trying you did it right? Or you did it and you didn't do it. Like there really is no try. I'm trying mm. to get better. No, just fucking get better. Yeah. And if you don't get better there, you learn. So it's still a success. Yeah. Well, right? hopefully, right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the end result, right? You live, you live and learn and you either win or you learn. And exactly, exactly. And you I, succeed I, or you learn. I love it. I, I love the world that we live in. Uh, I love that it it's an I exciting time to be alive. Yes, absolutely. And that stems from sobriety. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that was a huge thing. That was, the, you know, I think you and I are going to do uh, some more shows for sure. And awesome. another thing too, you, you offered your couch to me. Uh, so I think uh, the next <laughs> one should be done face to face. I'll come down. I can book a flight this afternoon. I love it, dude. You're welcome. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Come on down. I we'll love, go surfing and then we'll do a podcast. I love the idea of being in Costa Rica. Uh, oh my God, it's fantastic. Well, this is coming back to what I was saying earlier. Man has become so disconnected from the idea that we're one unit, that we are in, you know, you can't inextricably link to the planet in the environment. That being in a place like Costa Rica, there's such tangible connection with nature. Like I'm in nature every day. I walk barefoot. You know, I'm, I'm earthing, I'm grounding, I'm feeling the sun on my face, I'm connecting with the water. This all brings me back to the idea that we are all connected. And that is a fundamental mindset that we need to embrace in order to, you know, overcome the massive challenges facing the planet and the species. And so that's one of the big reasons I live here is the connection with nature and then the sense of community. There's like, a, a, like I was saying earlier, you have to smart, start in small groups of similar-minded, conscious, awake, sober people. And this is exactly what I'm, I'm creating with my reset program online. But in, in person in Costa Rica, it's, it's, it's palpable, it's beautiful. Like I went to uh, an ecstatic dance last night and there was 100 people dancing at sunset, completely sober, no drugs, expressing themselves, embodying in their heart. It was freaking beautiful. You know, and the connection, the energy we all got to create in this, this beautiful dance, you know, like it, inviting each other to, to look at our edges, to be in the fear, to be in the discomfort, to be seen and be okay with being yourself. Like that is so important. And that never once happened to me back in the matrix. I needed to be drunk or high to even have a conversation with somebody, let alone dance and explore my expression, right? so these are the reasons why I'm living in Costa Rica. So come on down, brother. So very true. <laughs> it's true. You need to be like, I, I, I think to myself, I'll go, I'm an introvert. I don't really want to go out. And I, I've mm. done this forever. Like I had to like, I had to prep to get out. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I needed a few drinks before I went out. I needed, I needed yeah. something yeah. to get out there and face the public. But yeah. it's, not, it's not the public. I mean, as a smoker, you're like, everybody smokes. Because wherever you are, they're smoking. If you're smoking, they're yeah. smoking. You're around smokers. Yeah. The minute you quit smoking, you're like, Nobody smokes. Nobody smokes. <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, I laugh because it's true. Like you just you, you find you find what you're doing. So if you're gonna stay drinking and if you're gonna stay smoking, yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna associate with drunks and smokers. Yes, you are. Like attracts like. Exactly. 
My question to you is, you know, you've got your programs in play and you've got people signing up. Do you do anything uh, face-to-face? Do you have small group sessions? Do you bring people to Costa Rica? Are you, are you online or do you do uh, anything in person as well? That is going to be part of the longer term. I'm definitely going to start hosting retreats and one-on-one uh, experiences. I do host uh, workshops about once a month. Um, which is sort of just an introduction to what I do and who I am and, you know, my process. Um, specifically, I've only worked with a handful of clients face-to-face here in Costa Rica. Probably over 90% of my clients are online, which gives me flexibility. Oh, know? of course. Everything I do is online, but I'm just thinking yeah. about sort of, you know, your message and mm. your surroundings. It, it would be, mm. it wouldn't be too oh, it's fantastic. hard. It wouldn't be too no. hard to put together like a, uh, a mini 10 person retreat for two weeks. Not at all. Not at all. Absolutely. And then, frankly, the, the town I live in is, uh, is retreat heaven. Like there's so many beautiful locations, beautiful venues. It's, it's fantastic. So th- that's definitely on my plan for this year. You and I should talk about that. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I love it. <laughs> this is all coming together. We're scheming yes. live, live on the podcast. We are scheming live <laughs> on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you just witnessed the birth of quite possibly a retreat <laughs> Woo! On, on sobriety and mindset. There you go. Let's do it. It that shall be done. That, I, well, we've spoken it. It has to happen yep, now. Exactly. It's, it's in the ethos. It, that's it. That's it. So where can I send these people? Where can I find you now? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about sort of uh, where you can reach out to Pat. I'm going to have these links in, yeah. the, in the podcast update or the podcast description as well. But where are you? Where, where's everyone cool. going to look for you? Well, the best place is Instagram, I think. So it's at Patrick Cook Life. And Patrick Cook is C-O-O-K-E, the last name, Patrick Cook Life. That's probably the best place. Um, I do have a website, PatrickCookCoaching.com. Uh, and then my reset program is brand new. I just launched it a few weeks ago, so I'm still building that website, but it will be reset-2020.com. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And if anyone's listening to this right now and they've, and they, and you've simply asked yourself the question, do I have a problem? Should I quit <laughs> drinking? The answer is if you drink alcohol, you should stop altogether, but I'm not going <laughs> to preach. I'm not. <laughs> well, the question you need to ask yourself is like, have you ever taken a break? And if the answer is no, okay, well, let's take a break and then support you in a community that is doing the same thing where there's focus and intentionality and let's find out what's on the other side of alcohol. It doesn't mean like, I don't, I don't advocate for full abstinence. Like if you want to go back and have a couple of drinks at, from time to time, that's your choice. But what I do advocate for is being intentional about it. Having all of your unconscious desire and fear and bullshit come to the surface to be scrutinized and so you can release anything that's no longer serving you and then you can make an informed conscious decision whether you want to put poison in your body or not. And if it's, you know, once a year at a wedding or once a week just for a beer, okay, that's fine. But at least you're doing it with intentionality. But I can almost guarantee that what you find on the other side, the magic, the freedom, the clarity, you'll be like, why the hell was I doing that in the first place? I laugh. I laugh at the way you said that, the way you delivered that. You're like, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, you're like, not you know, feel free to do whatever you want. I like the way you put that because people are like, yeah. I don't ever want to go drink free, right? Well, you're, exactly. You're, you're 100% right. The minute you, the minute you actually clack into it, the minute you realize, yeah. you're like, why would I consume poison? Yeah. And the, the, the more you, you go down this path, the more your vibration raises, the more clarity, the more power empowered you feel. Like now 
I'm like, why would I ever want to dull that with something as boring as alcohol? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just a no brainer for me now. It's like that my life is so much better without it. Yeah. My energy levels, my, I'm in the best shape. My, I'm 46. I'm in the best shape of my life by a hundredfold, yeah. you know? And, and then you, you're empowered to make better decisions. I'm eating basically vegan now. You know, it's like, okay. And then I'm doing better for the planet. And then these, these good choices just keep informing each other. They keep compounding. They, they manifest in all sorts of ways, financial abundance, you know, better relationships, connection with your children, more sense of freedom. Like the upside is endless and it's freaking magic, dude. Yeah, it's like, why the hell? It's, if you want to go the conspiracy route, many say that alcohol is the tool of the patriarchy. It is because it's keeping you dumb, sick, and stupid. Yes. Right? yes. And broke. <laughs> I, can so, attest, I can attest to all that. Like I, I'm, I'm a testament <laughs> to everything you just said. Everything is yeah. better. Everything is better. Everything Sex is better. Is better. Like yeah. dancing is better. Like everything. The clarity is unbelievable. And so the, the invitation with my reset program is like, let's try. You know, here, here's an opportunity for you to jump off the ledge. Take that leap and do it in a place where you're supported where you have people that are going through the same experience that can share what their wins are, what their pain is. And so you can hear other people's experience. You can share your experience and then you can get support from me. Who's been down the path. You know, it's like, it's a beautiful 360 model of transformation and, and the results have been incredible so far. And we're only a month in. It's awesome. I could, I could imagine uh, you're going to get a push from me as well. I'm definitely going to have beautiful you, uh, pushed out on, on my social medias. Awesome brother. Thank you so much. But the, I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. Like there's so much of it that needs to be done by yourself, but I can tell you yeah. this right now from my experience after having gone through it completely alone, it would yeah. have been nice to have been a part of something that you're doing. Where exactly. I just wanted to reach out for a 10 minute phone call just to ask yeah. a few questions, just to figure a few things out. Totally, man. It totally. It would have been worth it. hundred percent. Yeah. It, there's no reason why you can't do it on your own, but if you want to do it faster, and with better results, let, yeah. let's do it in community. You know, why not? Yeah. And like you said, you said, uh, it, 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 I'm one of the lucky few that, that, that yeah. sort of figured it out inside my head. And I take that for granted. I totally take that. For yeah. Granted. So yeah, you yeah. are the exception for sure. It, uh, like, I it took help. me years. Like I said, I want to help in any way I can. Uh, awesome. I, I 100% support your movement and your message and what you're doing. Uh, right on brother. And I support everyone that's, that's going to say to themselves, I want out, I want out of this. Bullshit. Yeah. And yeah, you can look back. Everyone listening to this right now, you can look back and say, you know what, you did it to death. You mastered it. You drank yeah. <laughs> your whole life, right? And you're like, you're yeah. done. You've graduated yeah. now into something else. Exactly. And what is on the other side is magic and true freedom. Yeah. Not that. Not because what I was chasing with alcohol, I realized was freedom, but it was freedom from my pain. It was freedom from my mind. Yeah. But once you master, you go in and you bring the pain and the fear to the surface and you master your own mind, that's when you find true freedom. And that's what's so magical and beautiful about this. Yes. 100%. Right? Yeah, brother. 100%. All right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to sign off now. Uh, I know we had, uh, we had an hour with Patrick. He's a busy man. So, <laughs> Pat, did you have anything else you wanted to say to the guys before we, we, uh, we sign off here? I'm just so grateful for this opportunity. This, this conversation has been enlightening, empowering, informative, so much fun. Thank you so much, Adam. Thanks for everybody, everybody for listening. Let's connect, you know, like let's build community. 
Even if we're not working specifically with each other, let's connect on Instagram, wherever it is. This is how we change the world. We build community of like-minded people. So yes, thank you, it. thank you, thank you. I love all of it. And ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous <laughs> words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.